very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. questions you always had, the answers you were never given, the place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. Greetings to everyone around the world, and a warm welcome to another edition of Veritas at VeritasRadio.com. I'm your host, Mel Fabregas, and I sincerely thank you for joining me once again. And if this is your first time, or your truth journey brought you here, welcome home. I want to wish all of you happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy whatever you want it to be. And remember our current offer. For every subscription you donate, we will donate one. This campaign runs until December 31st. Here's our chance to work together. Valid on Veritas or Sanitas. You can also buy a subscription or a flash drive for a loved one. And if you want to subscribe but cannot afford it, go to our website and write to us. We'll put you on the list. This is on a first-come, first-served basis. And to listen to tonight's full interview, just subscribe and enjoy everything Veritas has to offer. Give yourself the gift of truth. Tonight's special guest is Sonia Barrett, right now on Veritas. Sonia Barrett is globally recognized for her unique, in-depth and humorous style of explaining the nature of reality, that's not only a virtual reality, but ultimately a game. Sonia is the author of many books and is the host, producer, and founder of Sovereign Mind Radio. You can reach her at spiritinform.com and thebusinessofdisease.com. And for a more expanded bio, please visit our website. We have it listed there, but Sonia has been with us many times, so you know her. And directly from North Hollywood, California. I'm delighted to welcome our friend, Sonia Barrett. Hello, Sonia. Welcome back to Veritas. Oh, thank you so much for having me back. It's always a pleasure to be on your show, not just to be on your show, but to really dialogue with you. So, um, yeah. As I was telling you offline, as it is, as it is for me too, Sonia, and as I was telling you offline, my goodness, you have been doing a lot of things in the past few months. Every time you and I talk, you're doing something new, especially... We discussed this about a year ago, I believe you, you were with me on our first or second interview on my sister radio program, Sanitas. We were discussing the business of disease. You're now on Veritas, but why don't you tell people what the reception of the movie has been? Well, the the film premiered uh, this past Sat well Saturday, November fifteenth, and I gotta tell you, I had no expectations. That's how I do everything, um, and I could not have asked for more. The reception to the film was just amazing, and to see it on the big screen, and we had um, a little over two hundred people there. We had to actually um, increase the theater size, uh, you know, in the when once we find out people were constantly emailing uh, for seats, but the reception was absolutely wonderful. We've screened it um, at several places um, since then, and everybody, you know, is basically saying everybody needs to see this film. Um, and when you do things like this, you know, Mel, at least as the way I do it, I, I just dive in and I do it because I want to do this. I don't really have any expectations. I don't second guess or think people are going to love this or not love it. It's just not a thought process for me. I do it and then I bring it to completion and it, it's done. So I had no idea what this was going what the response was going to be. And then, and finally on Saturday, the 15th, I allowed myself to really let go and 
just be excited about the fact that I did this project. But for three and a half years, I, I, I didn't because I was just in the process. Um, so, so yes, yeah, so it was really awesome, really great response to it. And there's other things in the, in the make, in the works for it on a much bigger scale. Uh, also, too, we're, we're in a couple of film festivals, um, Mel, um, you know, that's coming up. And that's the Marina Del Rey Film Festival and the Culver City Film Festival. And we, you know, we have several others pending because we're just, we're new. We're just coming out. So, that's uh, so. That's some of what's what's happening, and there's a book, of course, that goes with the film, and people are loving that book, and it's called Health and Inside Job and Outside Business, a chapter written by everybody in the film. It's uplifting, incredibly uplifting, um, for anybody. I don't care what what your situation is. If you're feeling great, if you're not feeling great, this this book and and everything that these individuals are saying um, really uh, uh, helps to nourish. Uh, one one's spirit, mind, and body. I saw that on Amazon, and I was wondering because I didn't know what it was. But I'm I'm glad that that you're telling me what it is because we need to have you back on Sanitas then to discuss that book because you were so kind to recommend a lot of the participants on the on the film who made it to to Sanitas uh, in the first uh, few months, and they were absolutely fantastic. Yes, lots of amazing people, and um. It just kind of leaves me speechless sometimes because these people, all the people that I think I sent through to you, I love them because they are, you know, what you call people with a lot of these people have doctorates and so on. But but that's not what they're about. They are just real people, no egos. Down and, to earth. Yes, down to earth. And I wanted the film to be true to for just all the way through. I didn't want it to be just, you know, big names and, um, oh, you have a lot of big names in your film, but they weren't nice. <laughs> I didn't want that. I really wanted genuine people um, and, and people who had stories who it wasn't just theory. It was things that they had experienced, like Anne Baroque, who had multiple sclerosis um, and, and uh, cured herself. Um, changed her DNA codes, basically. And and Catherine Rossi, who um, it, it, we couldn't talk about it in the film that much because the story was so huge. But in the book, she discusses the brain injury. You know, she got hit in the head with a uh, surfboard while learning how to surf at, at 53. Um, and she could have had brain damage. She could have actually died. But she discusses the healing process um, and the, you know, creating new neuropathways and so on through, through art. To so many things. So whatever it is one is experiencing, and that's the feedback, again, I'm getting from people, is that the book is phenomenal. It's an extension of the film. But even though it's it's named Health and Inside Job, meaning it happens in here, um, but on the outside, it's a business, it really is totally uplifting all the way through. So no no doom and gloom, but practical applications to really um, heal and keep keep you healed then in, in emotionally and physically and um, spiritually. You always have a way with titles, which I love, by the way. <laughs> but I decided that we needed to talk again. And as I always tell people, I, I read books all the time. I prepare for interviews, but this time... I wanted to have a conversation with Sonia because this is, you know, the week before Christmas. It's the holidays. You know, some people celebrate the holidays. Some people do not celebrate the holidays. Some people love the holidays. Some people hate the holidays because either they feel that they're alone. And hopefully if they're listening to us tonight, just know, just know that we're with you. You don't have to feel alone ever, especially at this time of the year. And we turn on the TV and it's all fear, fear everywhere, Ebola, war, ISIS, politics, you name it. It's all fear-based. It completely makes us stop what we're doing. It stops the motion. And when you stop moving, you stop really living, literally. And tonight I want to really uplift the people to, to let them know that there's hope, that there's the fact that we're living, we're above ground, we're standing horizontally. This is all it takes for you to see that tomorrow is a better day. Instead of us focusing so much on the what has been, why don't we focus on the what will be and what is? Absolutely. What's possible? 
Um, I like to remind people that we live in, um, as I like to say, an ocean of possibilities. And sometimes we forget that because I think the things that we hear in the media and so on sort of drowns out um, or blocks that memory that, wait a second, I live in an, in a just big a big sea of possibilities, and anything else that I'm hearing, that, that that's that's one possibility. But what are the possibilities for me? What what would I like to do right now? Ideally, in in my life, and I think that's so important. And I when I do consultations, I I try to really help people to clear away all of the reasons that they might give themselves themselves for for not doing something and and then just going wait a second what what, what would you really like to do i ideally what would you like to do and so i think those things are really important and i also think it's important to realize that what you're hearing maybe on the news and you know um or in the newspaper or or on the internet those things are going on in a whole lot of different realities then let's say but yet it's still it's still this 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 earth and this reality but what's going on for you right now how how is it really impacting you why is it impacting you if anything that way why are we taking it in um to that degree um of emotions you have to look at your own life and right now and as mel said in the very beginning there's a gratefulness that comes when you see that i am alive and as long as you are alive there's always hope there's always possibility so it's like not focusing on all of the things that we would define as negative or derogatory just that just don't hold that focus um, at all on that because it really isn't your life at this time. Also, Mel, I have to say that we, we need to keep in mind, too, that so many things that we hear, we don't know what's what's true and what's not true. So we need to keep that in mind as well. There's so many things that are that are said um, that we don't know. And so we, we need to keep an open mind and not be so giving of um, our emotions, meaning draining our own emotions by attaching ourselves to the fear that is being projected by much of, of this information. You have a life and that life belongs to you. And the question always is, what do I want to, to do right now? And just to, just love yourself, regardless of what's going on. It is about the embrace, embracing one's self and just being grateful for being here right now, regardless of, you know, what some of the circumstances that one may be going through, that can change at any given time. And I know that. So I won't keep talking, but, but, but I, you know, Mel, I've been through a lot of things in my life and some people listening to you probably have heard some of those things. And as my, my son, my younger son always says, God, nobody would believe you've been through the stuff that you've been through. So I get it. I know that when we fall, sometimes it's hard to pick ourselves up. But guess what? But you can. You you totally can. And I'm living proof of that. Um, and to be able to enjoy, you know, life right now and, and creating and, and so on. So it is very, very uh, possible. You know, we, as I mentioned, some people celebrate Christmas. Some people do not. Some people celebrate the holidays. What can we tell those that are middle of the road, you know, other ways to make an interpretation of what the holiday season should be, even if you don't celebrate Christmas? Well, you know, I, I take any and everything and I turn it around to what I want it to be. That's what I do. Um, if it's Christmas, you know, maybe you don't celebrate Christmas. Sometimes we get too lost in, um, no, it's, you know, I don't celebrate Christmas. It's, you know, it's just all nonsense. Okay, well, that might be so. But how can I turn this around for myself? What do I want to do for me right now? I might not want to buy gifts for anybody. But how am I going to gift myself? You can look at it as just that one moment um, that you maybe do something 
special, different for yourself than 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 you have all year. You can convert this those those holidays to whatever you want to. There is nothing set in stone, and that's something that we also need to keep in mind. Just because these days are designated, you know, uh, dates, it doesn't mean there is no rule that says that we have to celebrate them. So for me to even get upset about the fact that it's, you know, it's Christmas from that standpoint and all the shopping and all, you know, if that's what those people want to do, then that's fine. Maybe I don't want to, but how am I going to turn this around for myself? Well, I'm going to do some things for myself. What do I want to do? Maybe I just want to sit sit home and watch movies. Maybe I want to take myself to dinner. Maybe I want to take myself to the movies. But but to focus on how angry you are or upset you are because people are out there buying and doing Christmas, think about it just for a minute. Think about that for a minute. What? How does that change anything for you? What difference does it make for you that other people are doing that? You know, what different, this is how I look at things for myself. So I'm, I'm only telling you how I manage to keep myself um, feeling good as much as possible is to realize it matters not. If that's what the, my neighbor wants to do or whoever it is wants to do, if that's what they want to do, that's fine. But that might not be a choice that I'm making for myself. But it doesn't mean I'm going to then make myself miserable because I don't agree with what they're doing. Absolutely not. I am going to celebrate the, the moment for myself and I'm gonna and I'm gonna put a different spin on what this moment means for me, converting it. So that's what I say to people about um, you know, Christmas or um, Thanksgiving. Now, people have memories. Sometimes there's a loved one that passed away during the holidays, and uh, it becomes challenging because every time you you know you keep remembering uh, that person passed away. Why don't we in at that time remember the wonderful times that you had with that person? Um, perhaps during the holidays, there might have been a time in your life where you did embrace the holidays. You know, the beauty is that we can we can replay memories, great memories, instead of taking, you know, taking it in a completely different direction. How about we celebrate the memory of that person by remembering those moments that we spent and that was oh so wonderful. Um, even even going to maybe a couple of the places maybe that you went with that person that felt really really good to you. So, so again, I think it's changing our, you know, our perception of, of that, but the doom and gloom aspect of it is, is really is not serving. Um, and you want to get the holidays over with. So instead of feeling like, Oh God, I can't wait for, for Christmas to pass or Thanksgiving to pass, step back. Cause if you don't change it every year, you will go through this. So you have to, to go to make a decision to convert how you're going to experience those dates because you can't hibernate unless you're a bear. You can't sleep <laughs> through, through what's going on. Um, but you can certainly, and if you have a good friend you want to hang out with, when when I have a very good friend, Mel, um, years, this is few, several years ago, we both were so down in the dumps. It was over the holidays. And the reason is, we think we both had gone through these breakups. It was so, it was so heart wrenching <laughs> with the situation that we did. We got together um, um, for, I think it might've been Christmas or Thanksgiving. Uh, and we did, we, we kind of wrote it out together, but in the process of writing it out, we just sat and laughed. The two of us, we just, we laughed at ourselves. We actually had a great time just laughing at ourselves. And so now years later, when her and I get together and we look back, she's now married and, and you know, I'm, well, my wedding, my, my union celebration is actually uh, April of next year. So, you know, we look back and think, gosh, can you believe, remember those days when we sat together for Christmas and we're so depressed and we just laughed. So you come up with ways to make yourself feel better. But honestly, you are the only one that can really truly make that effort to do that. And it is so worth it because you're worth it. 
you know, I love to use the word transmute. I hear of people like you mentioned Amber Roque, lover. You know, she she almost died of MS when she was younger, and now she helps people. Mm-hmm. You went through per- your personal issues, and now you help people too. You transmute the worst into the best. So it's an example for people to see. But why is it that people wait until January 1st to really make changes? I remember I used to listen to this motivational speaker years ago, and his company's name was... January 1st, Inc. And mm-hmm. I, I remember I asked him, why mm-hmm. January 1st, Inc.? And he says, simply because every day of the year should be January 1st. Every day it's is true. the first step. Every day is a beginning to suffer something wonderful. And again, folks, we're not trying to be life coaches here. We're not trying to be, you know, uh, trying to, to lift the world being Pollyannish. No, we're just trying to let you know that it is possible. You know, I've had my own moments in in the past. I'm not immune to problems like everybody else, but you need to stand up and move forward. But about people who wait until January 1st, why do we procrastinate waiting until January 1st to go to the gym, to be to be on a diet, to start the next process, next project? Why is it? You know, I think, again, it's because for us, life is on a schedule. We've got we've been given this program that everything about life is scheduled. You know, we we are kind of, I guess, directed, you know, this happens during this particular time. And you even even in the fall, you know, you don't wear white after a certain time. You do. so I think it's it's a programming in us that we uh follow. A guidelines. You know what I mean, Mel? We 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 follow True. guidelines, and I think that um, it's just a given. People think, okay, well, we we cycled through twelve months, so uh, at the end of those twelve months, uh, January first starts a whole new year again. You know, like even if we didn't have the days of the week, we didn't know it was Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or the, the month. We didn't name anything. Guess what? It, tomorrow was always going to come anyway. <laughs> It was, it was going to come anyway. So the fact is people think that that cycle ends, the 12 months ends, and it's an opportunity to start the whole year, January through December, differently. That is what people are thinking. So it's how they're picturing what defines a year. January through December for them defines a year and an opportunity to get something, change something, starting off on the new cycle. And and that's really, I think, what, what people end up going through, not realizing that every moment you start a new cycle, every moment is new. Every moment is new. Um, you know, and it's like your birthday. Technically, your birthday um, certifies a whole year for you, you know, like a new cycle for you. Now you've got a, you know, from one birthday to the next, that's, that's your, that's your whole new year. In all honesty, that's your new year. So I think we have to look at, when do we really want to change things? And sometimes it's a way that we get to postpone change. Uh, we get to put it off. Um, we, we can come up with excuses. We can validate why we're going to wait until that time. In the meantime, if, if, if somebody's talking about dieting, then they just eat like a whole lot more because they're going to they're gonna start over come January 1st. Whatever it is, we're going to tra- start over on January 1st. And many times that becomes a recipe for disaster. Uh, so I think it's best if we just acknowledge the change that we want to make, sure, you can do it on January 1st, but just recognize that I can make a change anytime, in any moment, on any day, in any hour, when that part of me says, you know what? I don't want to do this like this anymore. I don't want to feel like this anymore. I don't want to operate like this anymore. You can you can just stop and make make a change whenever. And that's when you know that you are ready to truly commit to making a change because you don't have to schedule it. You just simply just decide, I don't want to be this anymore. And you just start uh, working from there. And nobody says making changes is is the easiest thing because we are going up against uh, old ways of operating. But commitment, uh, drive, um, what what is the other word? Um, Desire, um, commitment, those things are what we need to really make any kind of change and make those changes um, really stick. And most importantly, 
being honest with ourselves and being honest with ourselves about how we feel about ourselves is key. Now, it does not mean that you beat up on yourself. There's not, and there is no regret. And I, I think this is so important, Mel. And I, I push this all the time to tell people it's when you evaluate yourself, it's not to criticize yourself. It's not to judge yourself. It's just simply to be honest about what you truly feel about yourself so that you really can step into whatever, uh, whatever the process is that you will need to make that change. I don't believe in regretting my life, any aspect of my life. And you know why I say you don't regret it? Because everything that we have lived takes us to yet another level. It, it, it really is, it, it's an opportunity for us to grow, for us to learn. So everything we experience, if we can view it as an opportunity to expand, and somebody listening to this might go, yeah, but, you, you know, that's really hard because you've, you you don't know what I'm going through right now. Um, I guarantee you, whatever it is you're going through, there is something that you will learn from that. There is something that you are going to 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 gather from that experience. And you can use what you have learned to take you to steps further that will also help you to perhaps not repeat those experiences, whether it be a, you know, a relationship, relationship issues, people who you know get into patterns where they get the same kind of relationship over and over. And if you do, you have to stop. You ask yourself, you examine the many times that you've experienced this and you look at you. Don't look at the other person, what they're doing. You know, they're doing this to me. No, you come back to yourself and go, okay. What, what, what was I doing or what am I, what was I experiencing? What are the choices that I've continued to make? And what everything I'm saying here, this, this, trust me, this is uplifting to do this. So it's not about just telling you, just be positive. It's, it's just not about that because it doesn't work when we're trying to be positive, when we're sweeping all the other stuff under the rug, then you're denying, you're lying to yourself and then you, you feel down. So, so I'm saying, Move the things as they come up, examine them, realize no regret. It was, it, I was what I was when I was that. I experienced what I did when I experienced it in that moment. And I am here now. And now this moment is different. This moment is an opportunity for me to make different choices, not based on blaming anybody else out there. We want to we want to take back our power, um, and, and we we really want to um, to support to support ourselves the 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 uh, masters the powerfulness that we that we have inside of us. We want to be able to support that, and that is how I make changes uh, in my life. Um, and Mel, I'm not going to go on and on, but I just want to throw these things out there so people know those who have never heard me before. Um, if you're uh, homeless, if you're without a home, I get that. Because I have experienced that for a short, you know, short while with two children, uh, single mother, running away from an abusive marriage, um, sleeping in my car with two kids. Uh, you know, I, I'm telling you, I've I've lived through some things, and even during those moments when I was going through that, and there was some really tough moments because I didn't know how I was going to pull myself up, but I knew that this was temporary. I knew that this would not be the sum total of my life moving forward. But in this moment, this is where I was and I was learning from that experience. Do I regret any of it? Absolutely not. Because I'm able to say this to someone today. I am able to relate maybe to more people, you know, not based on theory, but based on really experiencing these things and to be able to say to you, I understand, but guess what? You really can get up. You really can recover from this. You can be happy. Um, not having any money to buy Christmas gifts. I remember f for my children, even though we went through a phase where I just said, guess what? We're not, we're done. We're not doing Christmas anymore. <laughs> but I remember n not being able to, um, you know, to do any of that. Um, 
and, and how a parent may feel at that time. But guess what? Again, that's just on the schedule. You give your child love. What I did was I took my children up to the mountains, Idlewild. Um, so we didn't have to sit around Christmas morning dealing with that. I took them to nature. I said, you know what? Let's go. And I just created a field trip and for, for us. And we went and we just had a great time hanging around. We, you know, got some food. Um, so you find ways you know, you, you don't have to operate or run your life by these rules, the way things are set up. Your life is yours to do whatever it is you choose to based on really no schedule. And that's a problem. The society programs people to be being depressed. When you have the TV and you see, you know, the grass is always greener. You need the better car. You need the better clothing. And people who cannot afford them, of course, it's going to bring you down. But you are the owner of your own emotions, and you can't stop that. But, you know, like Sonia said, she's had their, her personal challenges. I've had my own personal challenges in the past. But as, as Sonia said, I would not change it for the world because a problem or a conflict is a lesson that won't disappear until you turn it into wisdom. It's going to continue there. You know how many people get into a relationship and they repeat the same the same patterns, boom, 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 until one one day they realize, well, I've been with the, the, the same three men, you know, the same type, and it's always repeating on the same women. It always repeats. But you change that pattern and things change. And you mentioned desire and motivation. And I have a, a, a quote from Mario Andretti, the, the, uh, dry, the car driver. He says, Desire is the key to motivation, but it's determination and commitment to an unrelenting pursuit of your goal, a commitment to excellence that will enable you to attain the success you seek. So first you have the desire that motivates you. But I think most importantly, and being that it's almost the end of the year, getting out of your comfort zone. Don't you think, Sonia, you, people who get in their comfort zone, they just keep going, they keep living life as if tomorrow will be the same day. You know, a few days ago, I opened closets in our home and I found old cameras, cameras. I found some old, you know, wheels, rims in our garage. And I said, what, what is this stuff doing here? Let's start house cleaning. Boom. I went to eBay, put one, just put one and it sold the next day. And I said, oh, wow, this is really motivating me. <laughs> and I took the next thing and the next thing. And now, you know, the house is looking better, it's looking bigger, because I have all that stuff that I had, you know, material things that I didn't care about anymore, that now some people are finding use for. They're buying much cheaper, they're finding use for it. Imagine what you can do with other things in your life if you take that first step. When the first step happens, boom. It happens and you keep moving forward. But there's the fear of failure. How yes. can you how can you tell people not to fear the failure? You know what I say failure is? <laughs> if there is ever such a thing as failure, failure would be to never try at all. You cannot fail at life as much as you know, we 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 seem to get that programming that we can fail at it. No, you really can't fail at life because whoever you are, you are being the best that you can be in that moment until you understand more. Maybe uh, you you go through a, a, an even greater evolution. But there is no such thing. What 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 is it that we we fail when it when we consider the idea of failure? We are scared that. Other people are going to find out that we tried something and it didn't work. So here we are again, worried about what other people are going to think about us, what other people, because we, we, we are taught to measure ourselves against others. There's a commercial that now plays where they look, the couple looks out the window, the wife looks out the window first. And then she says, I forgot what the neighbors is. They bought a new car. Like, I wonder if he got a raise. You know, and, and the husband is looking and it's like that kind of thing. So here it is. It's keeping up with the Joneses. It's that kind of, of, of thought process, quiet thought process. We're also sort of programmed to be competitive, but what, competing against who, what, why? So you have to really ask yourself these questions. Why, what is it that I fear about failing? What do I think is going to happen? And when I do consultations, that's what I do with people. I just, I take them all the way to, to, to the real belief that they have about failing. And, and you get to that by asking the person also, 
um, what what do you think is going to happen? What do you, what's your fear? Well, I don't want to fail. Okay. And then what 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 does that mean for you? Well, if I do this and it doesn't work out. Okay. So then what happens when it doesn't work out? What 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 do you think is going to come uh, of that? Well, you know, it's either I told you so or um, you know, somebody they're going to look at me like you know, everything you try to do, it doesn't work or whatever the case may be. And then I go, and then, and then what now, now that, now that people say that or feel, feel that way now, now what, how, how's it, how does this impact you? Well, I feel bad about myself, but what is it, exactly does that mean when you say you feel bad about yourself? Well, you get the idea, Mel, because you have to take it apart like that to get down to the root. And when you get to the root, you realize uh, all your fears is abs- it's standing on absolutely no foundation. There is no reason for it. And so I've had people where they get to that point and I said, so, and then what? Uh, one, you know, person in particular, um, if this happens and I'm, you know, I'm worried, you know, people won't like me. And then what? What if they don't like you? What's going to happen? Then I probably won't have any friends. I'll be by myself. And then what? Will you live? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so then you, you <laughs> so, but, but a lot of times we don't take that fear apart. We just no, I don't, I don't want to fail or I'm, I'm, fear, I'm scared of, of failing or I'm scared of, you know, people not liking me. You, you have to take it apart to get to the root of what you ultimately think is going to happen. If all those speculations happen, then what? And I guarantee you, you will end up at zero. You will get to a place where you cannot answer that question. And that's where you want to get to. When you get to that place where you cannot substantiate, you cannot validate, you cannot support that fear anymore with a response, that is your moment to shine because you realize that there really is nothing there. Now you can go, oh, that's just all in my mind. Okay, well, what do I want to do now? So that works really well. It sounds simple, but you try it and you will see exactly. And do not just put it off on, you know, other people. The big butt comes in. Yeah, I know, but it's not about that. It's about you. It's always about you. Uh, Mel, there is, I've read this poem on a couple of shows in the, in the past, you know, I don't know, some time ago, but I think this is really appropriate. It's a poem by um, uh, somebody called um, Sapphire Rose. She let go. Can, can I read that real quickly? Are you there, Mel? Yeah, yes, definitely. Please do. Oh, I want to make sure I didn't lose Oh, yeah. It. No, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. This I love this poem. This woman read it. This The yoga instructor read it in, in uh, my yoga class a while back, and it was so appropriate. It, it's called She Let Go. <clears throat> she let go. Without a thought or a word, she let go. She let go of the fear. She let go of the judgments. She let go of the confluence of opinions swarming around her head. She let go of the commitment of indecision within her. She let go of all the right reasons, wholly and completely, without hesitation or worry. She just let go. She didn't ask anyone for advice. She didn't read a book on how to let go. She didn't search the scriptures. She just let go. She let go of all of the memories that held her back. She let go of all of the anxiety that kept her from moving forward. She let go of the planning and all of the calculations about how to do it just right. She didn't promise to let go. She didn't journal about it. She didn't write the projected date in her day timer. She made no public announcement and put no ad in the paper. She didn't check the weather report or read her daily horoscope. She just let go. She didn't analyze whether she should let go. She didn't call her friend to discuss the matter. She didn't do a five-step spiritual mind treatment. She didn't call the prayer line. She didn't utter one word. She just let go. No one was around when it happened. There was no applause or congratulations. No one thanked her or praised her. No one noticed a thing. Like a leaf falling from a tree, she just let go. 
There was no effort. There was no struggle. It wasn't good and it wasn't bad. It was what it was and it is just that. In the space of letting go, she let it all be. A small smile came over her face. A light breeze blew through her and the sun and the moon shone forevermore. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And when I think of fear, Sonia, I think of an acronym. And you've probably mm-hmm. heard this before, false evidence appearing real. And I think the first step is to transform fear into courage. And I'm glad we're relating stories, personal stories, because, you know, we're as I continue to say, we're not immune to problems. We're not perfect. We're imperfect. imperfect. That's what makes us human. And I remember back in October 2008, and this may have hit you as, as much as it hit me and, and most people who are listening to us. You know, I'm a businessman. I have a few businesses. And back in 2008, we know what happened. Mm-hmm. The economy mm-hmm. pretty much collapsed, at least in our lifetime. We've, we've heard of the Great Depression. And I've heard, I went through many, many recessions in the past, but never in my lifetime. You know, you're, you have a wife, you have a child, and boom, all of this turns and you're trying to to weather the storm. Luckily, as of today, I never lost my businesses, but it was really tough back then. And for years before that, I always told my wife, you know what? I've always had this dream of of you know being a radio host. But she would tell me, I know you're going to be talking about 9-11. You're going to be talking about stuff that's going to put a bullseye between your eyes, not only on you, but on us. And you're a father now. Don't even go there. Don't even. So it was always the fear, fear, fear. And. As I continue to say, sometimes things happened, and 9-11 happened. I was totally brainwashed before 9-11 to believe everything our well-intentioned government told us. But after 9-11, I realized, wait a second, we're living in a, in a holographic matrix or a matrix as you, in a holographic matrix as you call it, holographic universe. And that's what opened my door to, to find more about who I am, what my purpose is, and what we all should do to get out of this matrix. Then October 2008 came along. And a couple of months later, I had these dreams. And if, you know, people who are listening to this show since the beginning know how it'll happen. But the dream basically told it, told me all night long to take action. And take action meant start this radio show. Now this is the time. And my wife saw, saw me so distraught because I was stressed. I was trying to hold on, trying to keep the businesses going that I needed an outlet. And I thought, you know what, what if nobody listens? So what? Right. Nobody listens. Turns fear into courage. Let's do it. And now, aside from finding my soulmate, my wife, and my daughter, the third thing that that means more to me my entire life is this, what I do. So I tell you, listener, that if right now you're you're standing, you're waiting and hoping that you're not gonna get a pink slip now or in January. Find out what makes you happy. Then do it as much as you want or can. Nobody is preventing you from taking that next step, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. This is something that we're not taught in school is passion. We are certainly, we are certainly not taught to try to find the things that we're passionate about. And believe it or not, Passion can really have an impact on um, stimulating your health, your immune system, and so on. But passion, find out what you want to do. I absolutely agree. And even if somebody did get a pink slip, um, you know, I, so many times people say, God, I hate this job. I wish there's I didn't life have to after do it. Th- there's life yeah. after the pink slip. Exactly. And sometimes, you know, it, it's an opportunity. But you see, when we want to get rid of the job and then it happens, then, you know, people are upset about it, but you actually can stop and go, wait a second. And I know people that have stopped and recognize it as an opportunity to figure out, well, what do I want to do? Especially, you know, yes, they're going to get some unemployment. Okay, well, what do I want to do? Let me take this moment. Let me, this is, this could be a gift for me. And for some people, they really turned it into a gift. They lost their job 
And it was really a, an, an opportunity to get into something else, something that they really uh, want to do. So things aren't always the, the negative as we think that it is when we say, you know, somebody loses their job. It totally could be uh, an opportunity. And you also mentioned something about doing, you know, it's like doing what you want to do really for you. Um, I can say when when I was doing this film, it really wasn't about who's going to like it, like with your radio show. I think that is so important that you're doing what you're doing and giving your all to it because of what it means to you. It's not about sitting around going, God, you know, I hope people love this. I hope they like it. An artist doesn't really, doesn't paint that way. And I've talked to a lot of artists. I have friends that are artists. They paint from inside of them, what they feel. They put it on canvas. It's not about, will the world accept it? Will the world like it? It's not about that. Um, you set the stage by just bringing forth from in you uh, like when you have a child, you don't, you know, before you have the, the baby's born, you don't go, God, I hope, you know, people like the baby. <laughs> it doesn't, it's not about that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's send him back. Let's send him back. If nobody likes him, we'll send him back, him or her. But it's it's about just giving birth to whatever is inside you that, that, that wants to come out, that wants you to shape it, that wants to create from your imagination, uh, like we were children. And we forgot how to use our imagination because we're too busy focused on, you know, survival, life, uh, and how we got to get through it. And sometimes life can actually become easier when we actually turn in on what is it that we really want to do. Little things, things that you think, oh, I could never make money at that. Do you know how many people say that? And then they, it ends up being the thing that pulls them out of you know, their, their demise. So we have to step away from making that be the focus all the time of, oh, is it going to be lucrative? You have family members telling you, oh, you want to do that? You're not going to make any money at it. And then, then people shut down. Like, well, maybe I shouldn't try that. Make sure you just, you know, you have something secure. And so therefore you step away from taking a chance. So again, it goes back to the question that Mel asked earlier about failing, looking at looking at that, what that means for you, who who is involved in your mind that you don't want to see you you fail, the whatever the concept of failing is, and and just move work through that because it doesn't matter. They're just people, and everybody is busy trying to row their own boat. All the people that you think that it matters and they're going to think, guess what? They all have their own journey and all the things that they are dealing with as well. And we need to recognize that we're all just incredible beings here to do the best that we can with the journey. So I think that's really important. And I think also this is going to sound unorthodox or counterintuitive, but listen to me for a second. Stop listening to others. And I really mean it because if I could turn back time all the people, ever since I was young, I would tell them, you know, I want to do this and I want to do that. I want to be a, a private pilot. I want to do be a businessman. Every 99% of the time, I would hear them say, ah, you're just a dreamer. Don't do that. <laughs> and, you know, I internalized that. Even I've told this story many times, but in high school, I remember it was probably 10th or 11th grade. We had a career day and I went to the, the counselor and she was the one asking, you know, people questions. What do you want to become when you, when you get out of, of college or what have you? And I told her I want to be a commercial pilot. And she started laughing. She looked at my grades and she started laughing. And, oh, my God, you, you, you won't be able to be a pilot. You need to look for something else. Mm -hmm. It really, really hurt me to know that this is my counselor telling me that I cannot be who I want to be. Well, lo and behold, I went to college, went to business. But after I got my degrees, I decided, because that still bothered me, even when I was in my late oh, yeah. 20s. So I went when I was living in Orange County. I got my private pilot's license. And I decided, I called the, the, the school first of all, and I asked if she was still there. And she said, oh yeah, she's, she's retiring this year. And I said, wonderful. What a great retirement <laughs> gift. So I sent her a copy of my pilot's license. 
with the story that she probably didn't remember for 20 some years before. But I told her, this is what you did. And thank you. I thanked her for mm -hmm. motivating me to take that, that step that, you know, against all odds, I did it. So can everybody who's listening to us. If you keep listening to people saying, oh, you won't be able to do it. Guess what? A lot of it is because they have their own personal demons that sure. they haven't been able to slay. And the biggest demon that we all have is fear. How do you slay that demon? By facing your fear. And boom, it's gone. Absolutely. Absolutely. I And we all have stories that are similar to yours. And, and parent, people, adults sometimes just don't understand how something small, in their mind, small, can completely set the foundation for that person, how they live their lives, the, the choices that they will make um, throughout their life, because you are living a little less than what you could be based on what somebody says. And I think that's so, you know, it's such a significant piece. Um, I, I've never really listened to, I don't even know if anybody said anything because I don't pay attention. <laughs> I don't. I had one situation as a child that was really challenging for me. And and like you, and it's because I sing. Um, and I used to just sing my heart out as a child. Oh, I sing at church. I'm singing here, singing there. And one day, um, my aunt, I was just singing along and she was joking. And she said to me, she said, oh, be quiet. You can't sing. And would you believe it, Mel? I took that in because my aunt was so important to me. Uh, my feelings were so hurt that I shut down and I would not let anybody hear me sing. I probably it was about maybe, I don't know, 10, 9 or 10. Uh, I wouldn't let anybody hear me sing for the longest while. And then I pushed through my fear. I mean, somebody happened to hear me one time and go, my God, you can sing. And now I'm probably about, I don't know, 15 or something like that. Uh, and so I went on to college and, you know, and I, I, I did start out majoring, um, being a voice major. And I did, the, you know, some theater and all of that. And But still, even though I was doing all of those things, the challenge became where I had to be perfect. I could not make any mistakes. I did not want anybody to ever hear my voice when it's not at its optimum. And that's something that I still work through. Um, so, you know, saying all, we're saying all this, so anybody who's out there listening who is experiencing that, it's like, yes, we all have that something that we can connect to what Mel said and what I said. And, and you've just got to go ahead and just, just do it. If, if it's that big for you, then you find ways to um, change the belief system, basically is what it is that's been created in your subconscious mind um, from that kind of information. Um, that's basically what you're, you're, you're doing. And then you realize, oh, wait a second. It doesn't matter what anybody thinks. It doesn't matter. Do I love to sing? Can I sing? Absolutely. In, and we begin to go ahead and just move for, forward. Absolutely. And I bet you, after your aunt said that, you were so self-conscious when you were th singing all the time, you wanted perfection. And we can never achieve perfection. It doesn't make you comfortable. And to be happy, you know, similar to the title of your new book, happiness is always an inside job. Happiness is derived from you. Forget about what everyone else thinks of you. I remember when I started this program, first of all, English is not my, my native language. So I was always trying to enunciate and speak properly and to the point that I never understood that I was speaking like a robot. It was a lady from, <laughs> I think, Ireland. She used to uh, call me Mr. Roboto, just like the, the, the stick song, <laughs> Domo Arigato, Mr. Roboto. So I started laughing and I said to myself, wow, I really do sound like a robot. And then I just tried to be myself. And now this is the way I talk. I guess people can understand me because they're still listening. But it's important also to stop comparing your accomplishments to your friends and colleagues. You're all going to be different. Just mm -hmm. be yourself. Try to get to your own destination. Life life is a journey. It's, it's not a destination. And the day you are ready to kick the bucket, 
You know, it's it's very the proverbial. You're gonna sit down and watch the movie. Think of the things that you have not done that you wish you could have done. Why wait until you are in your deathbed to accomplish them? Why not now? Oh yeah, and uh, now is all we have. <laughs> it doesn't matter how we look at the clock, and it you know it's going by. It's always now, and I, and I think I I just love the fact that when you really take that concept in that next week is always going to be right now. It's just always going to mean be now. That's how everything rolls around from one moment to the next. It's always going to be now. So, so it is up to the individual as to um, really recognizing I don't have to do anything based on a schedule that's been set for me by somebody else as to the 1st of January when I decide that I'm going to make a change. I can make it right now, any given moment, anytime. My life is my own. Um, what other people have to say, it's all speculation. You have to understand that too. It's just, you know, we speculate about the future. Um, that's one of the things that we deal with, uh, you know, Mel, you know, that is people live in the past and in the future. We live in, in terms of the things that happen to us. Um, and then we sort of tend to evaluate the future, things that could happen based on our experiences of the past. And so because of that, we very seldom live right here, right now. And that is why it's so important to be able to bring that home to recognizing what is it that's going on for me right now. Even when you are attempting to, um, say, do something, say you have a project uh, that you're putting together, say, for example, myself and this movie, I, I was always right here, right now with it. I didn't speculate about the future, what could happen, you know, who's going to like it and all of that. No, you stay right here, right now, because in this moment, this is where I'm at, I am. This is what, what's relevant right now. This is what's going on right now. And so I'm focused in on that. Everything else that I think about the future in that sense, it's only a speculation. And then we let our doubts and so on run away with us. But if we stay right here, um, and just do what what this moment requires in terms of maybe the project you're working on, then that moment will lead you to the next moment and so on and so forth. And you don't set yourself up by coming up with all kinds of derogatory things. The other thing is don't ask people for their opinion if you know you don't want to hear it. You know, don't 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 go asking them for their opinion. You don't want to hear it if you know it's going to be if this person is constantly going to you know, either put you down or be negative. Just don't go there. As a matter of fact, you don't even have to mention what it is that you're doing. And I tell this to people, you don't have to tell everybody what you are doing uh, if you're working on something. Just just do it and avoid those people. You know, you don't you don't have to do it because then, you know, some for some people, it starts to bring them down. That person starts saying things that plants now a seed in your head. Now you start questioning and doubting yourself. Um, so, you know, stay right here right now and be as present as possible with with your life and know that, you know, you're you're the one responsible for the choices that you are uh, are making. The buck stops with you, nobody else, and you are exactly where you need to be. And as you said, people living in the past and in, in the future, I think that's why there's so much depression, Sonia, people living in the past and anxiety, people living in the future, but we don't just take the time to live today. Just get out of, of the house, disconnect your computer, turn off your TV, go outside, look at a tree, look at a lake, look at the sky. There's always a reason to be happy for today. And we have to take a one and only intermission. And people may be thinking, you know, Mel, this sounds a little bit like too uplifting or new agey or whatever. But let me just tell you, I discuss the pyramids. I discuss 9-11. I discuss UFOs. You name it. I discuss what's good and what's bad with the world. But at this time of the year, I just wanted you to, and by the way, this show should have been on Sanitas. You, you might think Sanitas is a place where we try to pursue, not achieve, because it's, it's a journey. We pursue a life in balance. But I wanted to bring this here today because we discuss so many things around the world all the time, but we don't take the time to appreciate what we have. And, and I don't say it enough, but I appreciate the fact that you're listening to us and the fact that you are giving life to this very radio program, you know, for this is now the seventh season and, and I cannot do it without you. 
So happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy whatever you want it to be. Let's take a quick break. Sonia, how can people watch the movie, The Business of Disease, buy the book and learn more about your work? Um, you can go to thebusinessofdisease.com. Uh, there are screenings being set up. There are probably a few screenings there at this time listed. We are going to be uh, in theaters uh, in a lot of the major cities. Um, so you can actually get all that information on thebusinessofdisease.com. The book is also available on the website, but you can also um, get it um, if you have Kindle or Nook, which which is uh, Amazon and Barnes & Noble. You can also do that online. So there's a digital version and, of course, the printed version, thebusinessofdisease.com. And my regular website, which has been there for about 13 years, um, is spiritinform.com. Well, folks, don't go anywhere. We have so much more to discuss. If, you, if you've enjoyed part one, you're going to enjoy a lot, part two, because we have so much more to discuss that's going to put things in perspective, give you those tools that we all need. We all need to have better lives. But again, as I said, happiness is always an inside job. This is Mel Fabregas, and you're listening to Veritas. We'll be right back. Thank you for listening to the first segment of this very important interview. To listen to the rest, go to VeritasRadio.com and subscribe. You will receive your login immediately. We'll take a short intermission, listen to some music, and we'll be right back. Enjoy. Enjoy. 